The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Every month, every day, all the time, in each of us, he is at work to help us. So often it feels like, oh, he's out there, the problems are here. But I want to say to you, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and he isn't out there, he is in here, and he is at work in you, doing his work, trying to help you. you know, I, know, I know sometimes it feels like, where is God? Where is God? Where is God? You're looking all around. He is here. He knows what he's doing. He sees the end from the beginning. And at times we just have to raise up a cry of hope towards him to say, God, please help me. But he is at work. And that's really struck me. So I want us, if you've remembered nothing else, just remember God is at work and he's at work in your life. That has helped me and encouraged me. The other thing I've noticed in myself, and I don't know about you, but I noticed that I keep wanting God to do things for me. And sometimes I just stop. And I think to myself, I mentioned it at one point in prayer. Sometimes I think like, God, will you do this? Will you do that? And you think like, well, stop. It's as though we get to a position where we're just telling God what he needs to do. And, and I suddenly thought, is it like we're getting him to work for us? And as soon as we get to that position, whoa, 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 whoa. We're supposed to be working for him. His purposes is what's being worked out. And sometimes we can have a battle because we're trying to work out our purpose. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be here. I want to achieve this. And we should be saying, God, what is it you want? What did Jesus do? Jesus only did the things that he saw his father doing. In other words, he literally was saying, Dad, what do you want me to do today? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to speak to? And at times, there were times when literally he felt like, oh, okay, you don't want me to go there. You remember the story about Lazarus? His friend, Lazarus, he hears that he's sick. I need to stay here. We need to stay here. He's sleeping, he tells his disciples. And they thought they meant that literally, but Jesus meant he's dead. Because he had to stay there because he needed Lazarus to die so that he could go because God wanted to do a more miraculous thing than just healing him. He wanted to call him out of a grave and show that he could have power over life and death. And so God is at work. He's at work in us, but we need to be careful, not just to be demanding that he works for us, but that we need to be surrendering ourselves so that God is able to work through us, and that we are doing his work in our lives. So last week, we were looking at understanding who we really are and the importance of us knowing who we are because that affects us. And God is at work in us trying to help us with that. Today, things are going to be slightly different. I just want to really want to make a few comments rather than really preach a message. And then we're going to look at a short video. And after that, you are all going to pray for each other. And I mention that now because if I said it later, and there is a risk in saying this early... Because most of you will be thinking, like, oh, no, no, I've got to pray for somebody, and I don't know who to pray for. Should I be praying for the person on the left or the right? How is it going to be? What if it's in twos and I'm in a three? And all of that, so I recognize that that's going on, you see. 
So that's why I've said it now. So that hopefully in 10 minutes, gradually, you'll feel a bit calmer. And you think, okay, why do I want you to pray for each other? I should have done it at the end of last week. You need to get more used to praying for one another. Because God wants to use you more and more. Not just in here. We might as well get used to praying to each other here so that we're really used to it, so that we can pray for each other. Uh, Not for each other, pray for other people when we go out of here. We just need to get used to it, okay? So all of that worries and concerns about, have I got anything to say? I'll give you a few things to suggest, okay? So that we're all on the right road. But we're just going to pray for one another. Why? Because we need prayer. We need God. Or am I the only one in here? I need God, okay? It's a two, three, four, five. Okay. Generally, we accept the fact that we need God. We need God in our lives, and that's what we're looking for. So just a few little summary or comments I want to make this morning. First of all, I want to look at John 10, verse 10. Look what the enemy does. John 10, verse 10. The thief, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I was reading a book in preparation for some of uh, what I've been talking about, some of last week. And I read this. In the Bible, to die means to be separate from. And to be alive is to be present with. Not always, but that's a content. So when you're talking about dying, it means you're being separated from. Paul himself, he said this, that uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when you die, you are being separated from your body. But life is to be found by being connected with God. And so to be alive is to be present with him. We're fully alive when we come close to him. That's why the nearer we get to God, there is life there. We're coming connected to him. But you know, when we sin, what does it say? The wages of sin is death. We die. We are separated from. The effect of sin is that we become separated from God. That's what it does. And so what does the enemy seek to do? The enemy seeks to do this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus has come to draw us to himself. The enemy wants to snatch us away and keep us away from God. That's what he wants to do. He wants to separate us from the life that is found in God. And that's what he seeks to do. And he keeps on trying to separate us. Look at the enemy's character. John 8, verse 44. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. What does the dictionary say a lie is? A lie is a false statement made with deliberate intent to deceive. So it has a, it's active. It actually has a purpose. A lie is told and the enemy lies to us so that he can deceive us. So that he can cause us to think wrong thoughts. He can take us away from the truth. And to deceive is to mislead by a false appearance. So in other words, there's something that's false that comes, but you think that's real. And so you're holding on to it because you think it's real. But it's not. It's something false. So lying and deceiving, that is what the enemy seeks to bring to us. But Jesus is different because he wants us to walk 
in truth. He wants to bring truth to us, and he wants us to walk in the truth. John 8, verses 31 and 2. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Freedom is found, freedom that is from lies, freedom from deceit, freedom of patterns of thinking that are wrong. Freedom is found by anchoring ourselves in the teaching of Jesus, holding on to that, understanding his truth, and that truth will set us free, set us free from that which has captured us. And truth, the dictionary tells us, is this, the true or actual state of a matter. That is what truth is. Conformity with fact or reality, a verified or indisputable fact. Truth is, de- is dealing with what is absolutely true. It can be tested, it can be tried, it can be held on to. It is fact, it is reality. Lies take us away from truth. Lies deceive us. Lies cause us to think things that aren't true, but we thought they were. And Jesus wants us to know the truth because as we immerse ourselves in the truth, the truth literally works on us and in us, and it sets us free from lies and the deception that is sown in our lives because of the enemy. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything about yourself that you don't like or would like to change if you had the option? Is there anything? I don't answer out loud. Okay, not quite now. Is there anything about yourself that you don't like or you would like to change if you had the option? Well, yes. My ears are too big. Now, I'm not necessarily making all these statements about myself, okay? I'm making statements to help everybody understand. So you can think about me in these, but don't necessarily, this is not all about me. This is a more general situation. Well, yes, my ears are too big, my stomach is too fat, my feet are too long, my shoulders are too broad, my forehead is too flat, my arms are too hairy, my lips are too straight, my hair is too curly, my toes are ugly, my voice is too deep, my voice is too high, my arches are too flat, my hands are too veiny, my nose is too pointy. Should I go on? Have you found anything that you might be thinking about yourself? And we think, don't we, sometimes, if only that aspect of me, I don't like my feet, I don't like my hands, I don't like... And you're looking at other people about how wonderful they are. But about yourself, I wish this would change. I wish I wasn't like this. If only that was changed. In actual fact, we can get to a point where we think, I would be happy if this was changed. That was changed. That was adjusted. But let me read you some truth. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 15. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. That's what the Bible, that's what God wants us to know as truth, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
And yet it's strange, isn't it? Because we have a scripture like that. And yet it's almost when we look at ourselves sometimes, we think, or perhaps even wonder, has God made a mistake? Did he know what he was doing with me? I mean, God, why did you give me a bent nose? Why did you give me a flat head? Why did you give me no hair? Why, why have you allowed these things to happen? Why is everybody else so much better than me? Why are others perfect and I am imperfect? Has God made a mistake? And when we look at the scripture and we look at these situations in our lives, there's confusion that comes to us because what happens is there's a testing within us. Can I really trust God if I think this about myself? When his word says I am perfect, perfect, I have been fearfully and wonderfully made and yet that's not how I look at myself. There's confusion that comes to us. And you know, sometimes these things which are really just small things, and yet they're not small to us, but they seem to undermine the truth which God wants to bring to us. Can I really trust God because his word declares I am fearfully and wonderfully made and yet I feel far from perfect. I don't even like myself. So how can God love me? You see, our perception can blind us, can deceive us from what is true. And then we can get taken off course. I want us to have a look at a short video. It's a video about a man called Nick Vojcic. He's an Australian, born from parents who emigrated from Serbia. He was born with a rare disorder called Tetra Amelia Syndrome. I don't know whether you've actually heard of him or seen him. Maybe you've seen some clips. There's plenty of clips from him on YouTube of him preaching and things like that. He's incredibly inspirational. And he's inspirational from this point of view. You suddenly realize when you're thinking about yourself and the limitations that you have and the things you don't like about yourself, and you know, like, they're all real to us. And they are real to us. And it's silly for us to pretend that they don't there, they're not there because they are there. They're inside. We put them down, but every now and again they come up. But when you're faced with somebody with no arms and no legs, it's a bit like, I would almost say it's disarming. And I don't mean that as a pun, it is. It literally, you think like, okay, this guy's worse off than me. But what you see with Nick and his story, and which is so inspirational, is the fact that he was trying to end his life because he hated who he was. And he kept praying, as it said there, for arms and legs and God didn't answer. And everything felt bad. But when he surrendered to the fact that this is how God has made me. And if I trust him, he can work through me and produce something for his glory. And that has opened up the way for him to go literally around the world. And he gives motivational talks to business people. But he also obviously preaches to many people about the message of God and salvation that is found in him. And the freedom that can be found by us surrendering our lives to him. And so I show that, and it's worth, if you want to look more, of actually looking online and finding out other videos of him. His surname, to be spelt, is difficult. His, it's pronounced Vujic, but his, it's spelt V-U-J-I-C-I-C. V-U-J-I-C-I-C. But you can find it on uh, YouTube or Google quite easily. But the point, obviously, I want to make, and I'm trying to emphasize to us here, is that we 
often think little of ourselves. In fact, we struggle with the fact of even believing that God loves us. And yet that is truth. And we need to surrender ourselves to truth and to allow his truth to set us free. We're often thinking about, oh, my life would be better if I had more money or if I was taller, shorter, or if I had the right partner or whatever, all sorts of different things. And as soon as you can think of something where you finish that sentence, my life would be better if, then you know that we're dealing with things in our lives because that's what we think. We actually think our lives would be better. Really, really what we should be doing is saying, God, you have made me fearfully and wonderfully. And therefore, if I can just get hold of you and give myself to who you have made me to be and release myself to you that you can use me in the way that you want to, then what could happen? What could happen? It's not going to change necessarily the size of your ears or whatever it is you don't like about yourself. But you know what? God has made you as you are because he loves you as you are. And he wants you to love him and be released in him so that he can fulfill his purposes in you and through you. God wants you to know that he loves you and that he does have an amazing plan for your life. I know we go through the ups and downs. I know that we hit the walls and the barriers. I know it doesn't always seem like it, but God has said and he continues to say, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. And that's truth and we need to get hold of it. We need just to give ourselves to him, to literally to be still and to know that he is God and that he is over all things so that he can actually help us, strengthen us, and encourage us. Psalm 100 verse 3 says this, Know that the Lord is God. And it's something that we need to bring ourselves to almost every day. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us. We are his. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And God is wanting to do his work in our lives. Now, I want you to turn in a moment to pray for a person next to you or behind you. If you're a husband and wife, you may not want to pray for each other. You may want to pray for somebody else. You just need to move around to find somebody to pray with. If you want to, you can pray in three. That is absolutely fine. I know there are some people here who may not want to be prayed for. You don't have to be prayed for. But I do want people to pray for each other. Because these things affect our lives. It's foolish to think they don't. If we were to have the microphone and to go around the room and say, like, okay, how's your life? Is there anything in your life you'd like to change right now? You know, like we start off and the first few people would say, no, my life is wonderful. And then it gets to a point where somebody actually, they say, like, you know what, it's, this is what's going on. Or I don't like this. If, they, if we had the reality, we would all be showing our need. What we want to do is just to pray for one another for these things. Let me just give you some indications. Ask God so that he will really help us to take hold of his truth. It's very easy to be deceived. It's very easy to start running after everything out that the world tells us that we need. 
It's very easy to do that, but we need his truth. So Lord, please release your truth into my heart that I might be able to hold on to your truth and that truly your truth will set me free. Help me to understand that you love me. Don't be afraid to say, I need to know that God loves me. I need to know that in greater measure. So you might have this measure. Well, why not pray for it to be a bigger measure? Why not pray for it to be a greater understanding? Why not pray for it to be a deeper relationship? We need to know the love of God because the love of God transforms us. It causes us to rise above circumstances. It causes us to gain strength. It causes us to walk through walls because we know that if God be with us, who can be against us? And he who did not spare his only son, but freely gave him up for us all, how not also along with him will he freely give to us all things? God wants to help us and to bless us. If he can take a man with no arms and no legs and cause him to be a transforming effect for so many people. You know, Nick goes into schools and speaks to lots and lots of young people because he wants to tell them that they are loved, that they're accepted the imperfections that they have put upon themselves. Listen, God wants to raise you up because he has created you for purpose. He loves you and he has a plan for your life. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.